The Car Tech Garage, opening the hood for all things automotive. I'm Wesley Adams. And I'm Max Gundrum, and we are the Car Tech Guys. History, racing, repair, and all the parts in between. Hit us up on social media at The Car Tech Garage. Hey everybody, welcome to the Car Tech Garage. Yeah, another wonderful podcast that we are producing today. I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, this one's going to be all about what to do and what not to do when you're looking for a used car. Obviously, you don't want to you know, catch yourself in a situation where you're purchasing a bucket of quicksand, and uh, you certainly don't want to throw all that money down the drain. You know, Max always harps on how your vehicle is commonly your second biggest investment, and you need to take care of it. And um, part of taking care of it is knowing when to leave a bad deal go. Yeah, that's the truth. You know, I, I get asked all the time and I've probably helped, you know, quite a few friends, family members, you know, buy vehicles. Um, yet alone from that, um, we do a used vehicle inspection at Almer's Auto Care. Um, and it's one of my favorite things to do because, you know, obviously we're in a business that repair, we make money. That's, you know, how we kind of provide a service to you. And, and that's where we get on our, on our end, you know, the money. Um, but at the same time, when someone brings in a used vehicle to us, we like to tell them when to stray away from a car that oh, they're just going to dump money into. I will into. be the first one to tell people, like, don't buy it, run away, run away. And that's what we don't want you to spend any money. As much as we would love for you to, you know, buy a, a junker and then come in and, you know, have repair after repair after repair. we got to do the right thing. we yeah. got to look out for our customers. We, you, know? <laughs> you know, that's where we're integrity driven in that aspect. And that's why I love doing them is because, you know, I can say, hey, this is getting close to 105K. You know, it's going to need a bunch of work here. Mm-hmm. It is a good deal. It's really nice car. It hasn't wrecked. You should buy it. Um, but not alone from that, the first thing I would kind of like to get into is, you know, a lot of people aren't like us where we know a car right now. If you walk to a dealership and I gave you a blank check, I guarantee you would know exactly what car you would buy right now. If you had daily driver or something, you would get blank check. You would probably buy a car. Miata. Yeah. See, there you go. You would have it. I would probably buy like a Acura, I think MDX. That would probably be my just overall, just daily driver. Or a Tahoe. I don't know. I have too many cars in my head. But anyways, you know, <laughs> the question you got to ask yourself when buying a vehicle um, is sometimes to not everybody, it's not just a, you know, I need a car. Sometimes they want that car to have a purpose. You know, me, I have my Ford Fusion. It's got a huge trunk in it. I can stow whatever I need to. It has, you know, four seats, plenty of room in the back. If I need to take a couple people with me, um, it has, you know, heated seats and a sunroof, little nice stuff. And mm-hmm. I put a roof rack on it. So if I need to go to Home Depot and get some two-to-buy-fours, I can throw some two-by-fours up on the top, and the car serves its purpose for me. So that's where, you know, if you just want a BMW because you want a BMW, you might want to reevaluate what are you going to use that car for, and is it worth, you know, the the money that you're going to invest well, into it? A into, lot of it's, like, image-driven, too. You know? It is, but this is more of, like, buying a car with, you know, cost in mind rather than oh, yeah, just— like, getting a reliable vehicle. Like, you know, we always tell people to stray away from German cars. Now, this is, like Max said, what do you want out of the vehicle? How do you want it to perform, and how much are you willing to spend on it over, you know, your ownership of the vehicle? So if you want something cheap and you want something reliable, then, you know, get a Honda or a Toyota and don't care what anybody thinks. Like, on my side, I have a Toyota Camry— And, you know, my entire purpose of having that car is for it to cost me as little money as possible. So I paid $800 for it and I'm still (laughs) driving it. 
And that's what, you know, you put, you know, a certain amount into it. Um, but with that, you know, if you've got a, a huge piggy bank and you can just go to the dealer and buy whatever you want and repairs don't cost anything to you, mm-hmm. sure, buy whatever car you want, you know, just look up what well, you like. That's my long-term and, and plan. That's $800 car now. <laughs> stack it, stack it, stack it, stack it, stack it, and then hopefully be able to afford something better in the future. Well, that's, you know, where the case is. And uh, a lot of people buy cars for image. A lot of people buy cars because of consumer reviews. And some people just buy cars because they need a car. Um, so that's really my first step in, in looking for cars is you should find a purpose. You should, you know, do your research on what you want. If it's taking the kids to soccer practice, if it's, you know, hauling big logs and stuff in the back of your truck, get a truck. Or if you're just need a small little car to commute to work and you have a hundred mile drive a day, get something small and compact that, you know, will save you money over the long run. Exactly. So first and foremost, figure out what you want. Now, most of this conversation is going to be, you know, how to save you money, you know, because Max and I are both pretty price conscious and, you know, we're big savers. Like we, we save a ton of money. We, we don't go out and blow money on hardly anything except for podcast equipment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of those things. But the number one thing I can recommend to anybody, if possible, bring it to a professional first before you buy that car. Obviously, some of you guys listening to this are much more mechanically inclined and probably more than capable of adequately assessing a vehicle before you purchase it. But if you're not, you know, trust it to somebody that does that for a living. You know, Max, obviously you can kind of walk people through what you do on a used vehicle inspection and how worth it it is. That's what, you know, to start off. So to put it in perspective, obviously if you're buying a car that's a, a larger dollar amount than, you know, an $800 car or, you know, my car that was a $2,000 car. What are you trying to say? Nothing bad. But <laughs> if you're buying, you know, spending a lot of money on it, the the cost effectiveness of say spending, I think it's about $100 with tax, give or take at the shop. Um, and that's usually about run of the mill, you know, mm-hmm. across the board at all yeah. shops that even if you don't buy that car and because it's, you know, total disaster and you spent that hundred dollars, you just saved yourself, you know, endless amounts of money down the road from buying that vehicle. So one, it's just the first step of, of getting that inspection. That's why I love doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, usually it's a rundown, basic rundown. I obviously work on cars for a living. So I, I kind of know all the failure, you know, prone areas of, of most vehicles. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have to do some research just yeah. to double check myself. So you know where to look first. Yeah. But usually I'll, first thing I do, I walk out to the car and do a full visual inspection. So I look for any, you know, dense dings, um, anything obvious or looks out of place or maybe the bumper lines or, you know, just these little oddities that I look for. And that's before I've even hopped in it, checked anything. And and that is one thing, sorry to break it up. That's one of the things I wanted to recommend, you know, body damage. Obviously the Carfax is going to tell you a lot, but it doesn't always tell you everything because there's plenty of instances that I've seen where Carfax has not reported, you know, an accident and there's obviously been one. And you can find that in a couple of ways. So, you know, you look for a panel gap, which is, you know, the gap in between two panels it's always good to know you want pretty even panel gaps. So like in between your front fender and your hood, the, you know, seam in between those two should be parallel the whole way through. If they're significantly off from one end to the other, you know that the vehicle either was disassembled and reassembled or perhaps, you know, repaired after an accident. Um, and that's, yeah, that's a good one to the first thing you look at, even if you don't know a lot about cars aren't, you know, mechanically inclined, but Seeing that, you obviously know that, hey, there's been some sort of repair mm-hmm. that has been done, and that might raise some eyebrows. And that's even – you haven't even, you know, gotten the keys to the car yet and taken yeah, for a test drive, and exactly. you already know, hey, there's something maybe off here. I should stay away for this. Why is this such a great deal? Yeah. Now, once you get more into it, you know, you can look for any bends or defects in the frame, any excess, you know, like, for instance – Um, you know, like radiator core supports and things like that. A lot of times people, you know, shops will just leave those alone. They'll just throw a new front bumper on it. Like for instance, we've got a Dodge or not a a Dodge, but we have a Jeep compass in the shop right now. 
that uh, the customer purchased it used, you know, from a buy here, pay here lot. And it certainly has body damage in the front and it was repaired, you know, outwardly looking, it looks fine, but you know, back behind the front bumper, all the radiator supports were cracked and everything. And now, you know, this customer has continued overheating issues with fans and things like that, that are probably going to plague the vehicle for some time to come. And that's what, you know, with the, the, not to hate on any industry or anything, but when you go to used car sales, like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, man, they got a really great deal on this car. They, they got <laughs> such a great deal. And as soon as I hear that, the words great deal. Yeah. Always now, come if with I got it for, you know, a good price and somebody I know, that's one thing. But when I hear, oh, they got such a great deal on it, I'm like, uh-oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> like my Camry, I knew what I was getting into, but that's because I'm capable of fixing it. Like I knew, yeah, I was going to put tires and brakes on it and stuff. The AC works though. Yeah. <laughs> that's an important one. That's the most costly aspect to it. Indeed. The um, other thing, um, sorry to interrupt again, but when you guys, if you guys are going to do this by yourself and you don't bring it to a shop, bring a flashlight. I'm telling you right now, especially if you have to look at the car at night, bring a flashlight. I'm not talking about the one in your phone. Get a more powerful one. That way you can actually look at all the nooks and crannies, look for any oil leaks, you know, check underneath uh, the car, make sure there's not any excessive rust or something like that, you know, because yeah. rust is a big issue, especially, you know, we're in Cincinnati, we're inside the rust belt and cars just rot away here in five years, it seems like. And you got to think at the dealership, you know, they either took that car on a trade-in, got it from an auction or, you know, something of that nature where they're trying to make money on it too. You know, that's obviously business. That's what they do. They sell cars. Some of them are shadier than others and, you know, not to point anybody out. So that's where you got to watch out for those and always just checking when you're going to get a car, what the dealership looks like, the reviews on it. That can also save you time without even looking at a car in particular. Yeah, Absolutely. And then the other thing, you know, back to Max's visual inspection, another thing you're going to see as soon as you walk around the car are the tires. And that is a very good indication of how well the car was kept. What brand of tires are on it? You know, are they some super cheap Sumimoto or, you know, Mastercraft brand that um, may not last that long? And that'll obviously kind of give you an indication if the dealership didn't install those cars, what other shortcuts or what? where else did the previous customer save money maybe where they yeah. shouldn't have? Well, that's where I see a lot of the... Um what are they? Rental cars. Yeah. That'll come in and people buy them from enterprise, one of those places. And that's one of my first telltales of how lack of maintenance they may have had, even if they oh, only have goodness. a couple thousand miles is if there's a cheap set of tires on the front and the rear tires are still OEM, they mm-hmm. haven't done tire rotations. Who's yep. to know if they've done oil changes, who's exactly. know if they've done anything else to that vehicle other than hand Just it to a renter <laughs> and say, here you go, have a fun trip to Florida. Absolutely, yeah, but Max has got a great point. Look and see if all the tires are the same all around. Look mm-hmm. and see if any of them have any severely irregular wear patterns that might indicate an alignment issue, which again, could indicate some type of damage or neglect. You know, there's so many things to look out for. And all too often I see you know, somebody just trust the sales guy. Now I'm not here to harp on sales guys. I, I was a you, car yeah, salesman you, for a while. You were a car salesman. I was, <laughs> but- we just want to sell that car. You know what I mean? A lot of times they'll, they'll tell anybody anything. And you know, the other half of the time, they really don't know anything about that vehicle. All they know is the price and what kind it is, what color it is. Exactly. They don't know anything about the history. It's not their job to know that, nor do they care. Not everybody knows. There's not very many. Your job as a consumer, (laughs) as a buyer to do your research and properly, you know, I guess just verify that you're making the correct decision for yourself and not throwing a bunch of money down the drain. And there's not a, a lot of car salesmen that I would say are on your level. Like when you were, you know, even though this was, you know, quite a few years ago that 
you were just in general a car nerd and just want to know everything about everything. So if somebody asked you a question, you were giving them the actual full technical course, answer. Yeah. And they're just like, do the heated seats work or not? And you're like, well, actually, let me go into this whole breakdown of it. It's probably why I'm not selling cars anymore. <laughs> Apparently I wasn't any good at it. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to lie to people. Yeah, no, you couldn't. Like, Darn, well, I haven't sold any cars this month. Yep, couldn't work at a dealership. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> but anyway. F- from there, we've you know done that visual inspection. That's where I hop in the car, look at the mileage, look at the oil change stick. And then I'll do a full rundown of, you know, do all the windows operate? Do the seats work properly? Um, radio, HVAC functions, um, you name it. If there's any bell and whistle, I make sure it works. Even hopping back in the trunk mm-hmm. and turning on the lights manually to make You'd sure that they work. You'd be surprised what gets missed, uh, especially playing with all that button. All those buttons are, are is vital. We had a guy that purchased a uh, 2014 F-150, mm-hmm. brought it in. Honestly, the truck looked great mechanically. It was, it was wonderful, but it had a faulty blend door. And, you know, there's a few different blend doors. Blend doors are basically these little doors that open and close inside your ventilation ducting system, you know, inside your dashboard that directs the airflow. And this guy had a bad blend door. I think it was their circulation door actuator. And it's the one you have to pull and the whole dash out. And it's the one you have to pull the whole dash out. <laughs> this thing was like $1,400 as soon as he bought the truck. As soon as he bought the truck, $1,400 had to drop on it because he, he wanted it to be right. And it was clicking inside of the dash. So it was going tick, tick. The whole time. Yeah. And there's there's another back end to it. That's why I love doing them um, is being able to go to Wesley and he's obviously, you know, relaying all the information to the customer, but say, hey, you know, if they can squeeze a deal, you know, because of this repair mm-hmm. or this little small thing and, and save, you know, yeah, go a in there, hundred dollars and there cover some, the cost. Go in there with some ammunition. So after you find out what's wrong with the car, like, oh, it's going to need brakes in 5,000 miles. Well, I know, you know, four wheels of brakes are going to be $1,000 after you do pads and rotors and cleaning, lubricated and caliper slides, doing a brake fluid service. It's probably going to be 900 to $1,000. Go ask for at least half of that off or more. Yeah, there's you know, no question. Yeah, play it smart. And we'll right be, there, that $100 inspection, bam, saves you $1,000. And we've got quite a few horror stories that will go on at, towards the end of the podcast, but we've got some some good horror stories that oh, we can goodness. we can share. But yeah. anyways. The other so, thing about that flashlight, check through the wheels on the brakes, because if you don't <laughs> actually have it looked at, you know, peek through the wheels with the brakes with a flashlight, um, you know, get a camera in there if you can and check the brake pad life. See, you know, what the condition of the rotor looks like. See if there's any irregular wear on the brake pads, inner to outer. That, again, can give you a good indication, of, you know, of mm-hmm. how much money you're going to have to spend here in the future. And that's the truth. You know, going back to kind of what my inspection is when I'm doing them, even if this is my own personal car that I'm buying. So now I've kind of checked the interior, checked the exterior of it, just done a complete visual, touched a couple buttons, see if they all work. Um, that's when I go hop on a test drive, take it for a mm-hmm. drive. I'm listening for any kind of noise, um, feeling how the suspension's working, if anything's, you know, rough, harsh, or, or even making noise. Um, and then also check, you know, engine operating temperatures, you know, what yeah, the charge, sure it's if not- everything's charging properly, there's no wind noise, like significant or showing that like there's yeah, no wheel balance damage. issues, no alignment issues, no brake noise. So there's know, a lot of stuff no that smells or any burning. Even for on. me as a, you know, professional, there's a lot of things that I'm, you know, just double checking on a, you know, a 10 mile drive. Yeah, and he's like, when he drives, he's like hyper aware of everything. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> he's, no, he's actually no radio like, on, not, not even on, trying to blow I'm just his ego, but like he, he does a great job just, you know, whenever he drives in a car, um, you know, and I've, I've kind of become the same way. You just pick everything up. You notice exactly what's going on. It's kind of like that scene from rush when Nikki Lauda is riding in the, in the car <laughs> and he's like, I have a great S and he's just like, what do you mean? He's like, I can feel everything in the car. I know that, you know, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is going to be bad. And you know, you kind of pick it up like a sixth sense over time. 
And that's what there's people, you know, who drive vehicles with wheel bearings, you know, that are bad for a year until they don't even know that it's going on because they're just so used to that sound. I've always heard the most common uh, thing that I get is either exhaust leak. Like I think my muffler's going out. Whenever I get up to like 70, yep. <laughs> my, my engine just sounds like it's roaring. I'm like, really? But it doesn't do it when you start it up. I'm like, nope, quiet as can be when it starts up. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a wheel bearing. <laughs> jumping towards that. Exactly. Um, the other from, thing, um, I know you're about to hop on to, uh, you know, flood damage or water damage. That's the next big one I wanted to talk about um, because we've had a few instances where I have had flood vehicles come in for used vehicle inspections from buy here, pay here lots. Yep. And luckily we were able to, you know. Yeah, see them. But what them. happens <laughs> is, you know, so say you're a large dealership. Um, you know, selling used cars is that they'll find auctions and you'll mm-hmm. buy, you know, a buy huge 30 lot or 40 cars at a time and get them. And I've seen them, you know, I know when we had like really bad floods and hurricanes, you know, the last cars few years, from Texas and stuff yeah, like that, that they just kind of yep. pass them through and they buy them and they fix them up and, and mm-hmm. try to make them as good as possible. But sometimes they'll run for a little while. And then next thing you know, everything starts rearing its head uh, of electrical issues at exactly. least. And flood damage is one of those things. So here are a couple of tips to you know, try and find flood damage. So first and foremost, um, bring that flashlight. I'm telling you guys, bring that flashlight. Get your head up underneath of the uh, like the footwell area where you would go to plug in like your scan tool or something like that, and shine the flashlight up there. Look for any rust that's on any of the metal components because you know obviously it's inside of the car. There should be zero rust. Period. Now, what I've seen before on flood vehicles is you'll see rust on some of the, like the steering column components that are metal. But not only that, if, if the flood water hasn't submerged the entire vehicle, you'll actually see a water line mm-hmm. inside of the vehicle where you can see where it's been wet and right above it, it has not. So bring that flashlight. Um, the other thing, pull up all the carpet. A lot of vehicles nowadays have like an easy access, you know, to see the VIN number on the floor for the body stamping. Um, we had a Honda Civic in one time. She brought it in for used vehicle inspection. The car looked perfect. Perfect tires, perfect brakes. It had 6,000 miles on it. It was a 2016 Honda Civic. I remember this one. Beautiful, beautiful car. Now, I lifted up that access panel, and I just went to press my hand down on the foam underneath, and just water came gushing out, dirty, muddy water. And I lifted up more of the carpet, and I showed it to her when she got there. And, I mean, there were still leaves and mud caked underneath of all of her carpet, you know, just tangled up in the wiring harnesses and everything. Tell you what, some good detailing can really make a car look indeed look nice. Keyword. And then we had another customer, um, unfortunately, who had already purchased the car and then brought it in to have us look at it after the fact. And what we had found was not only was it a flood car, but it had also had rodent damage. It looked like a beaver or something had been living in it because the whole car had obviously been submerged. We looked up in the fender wells, you know, where no water should even get to. Like, you know, we actually peeled back the plastic fender lining and looked up into the fender, and there was still mud caked inside of the body. And moreover, um, all of her um, insulation for the top of the hood had been chewed up and nesting materials had been made. The cabin air filter had never been pulled. There was still a nest inside of the cabin air filter. And she gave 30 grand for this car. Yeah, and basically it's essentially worthless. I mean, well, I mean it, obviously it's, it's worth something, you know, like yeah. it, it still runs and drives, luckily. But, you know, people made some really janky wiring repair to it. Like everything was wrapped up in electrical tape. And as soon as I popped the hood, you could tell a, a lot of things were off. Parts were missing. Parts had been replaced. Um, and it looks like they just put, you know, tire shine on everything to try and shit it, this thing out of the door. It sounds like my first car that I had at 16. That was a, <laughs> my wrecked Acura Integra. That was just basically wiring damage here and there. It drove, it went, but it was, I basically rigged half the stuff because mm-hmm. this was before I really knew 
what was going on. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll hop on YouTube. I've got electrical tape. I can mm-hmm. fix that. No problem. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> nope. And then the next thing, um, check your fluids. I know this one seems like a very simple one, you know, it might go without saying, but I just want to state it. Check the oil, check the transmission fluid if possible, check the brake fluid, make sure it's not green, make sure it doesn't have high moisture content, make sure it's not low or really dirty, make sure the oil's not low. That might be a good indication as to oil consumption or if somebody took it long on oil changes. Um, you know, even check the washer fluid, make sure that, you know, if you add washer fluid, it's not going to come leaking out, make sure the power steering fluid's good, the coolant's been exchanged and it's not very coagulated or, or low, perhaps. Um, you know, again, I've seen people buy cars off the showroom floor and they're empty of oil. You know, and the engine's rattling down. I had a customer buy a Hyundai Sonata, a used one, a nice 2018 Sonata, but it had engine (laughs) consumption issues. And in 2,000 miles, you know, she hopped in, drove the car, thought it was going to be perfect, and it should have been. 2,000 miles, engine goes. And that's four or five quarts, I think, in this? Yeah, I think think a four and a half quart, um, either four. uh, Yeah, I think you are right, five. Somewhere. somewhere It was a 2.4 liter Hyundai. Um, but yeah, and, and, you know, luckily Hyundai was willing to put another engine in for it because it was under recall, but you know, oil consumption is a pretty big issue too. I always recommend that whenever you get a new car, bring a friend with you and a flashlight, yeah. bring a friend with you. Um, you start the car up and have them stand behind, look and see if it you know blows any smoke out of the tailpipe. And when you're on a test drive, have them drive behind you if possible too. That way you can actually get the engine under load, accelerate hard onto an, yeah. en- onto an entrance ramp. <laughs> yep. And you know, if, if, especially on turbocharged cars, like if it's billowing smoke out of the back, don't buy it. You I've know, it's consuming a, oil. I've got a funny one. Um, <laughs> so one of my good friends, um, he, he wanted to buy a car. He had, you know, kind of a cheaper first car that he had. So he was like, I want to get something nice sporty. So he bought a, Nissan Sentra Spec V, I think that's what it is. The fancy four-door Nissans. We're just going to call it a Sentra. Yeah, but Sentra. <laughs> but it's like the the sporty version yeah. of it. So he went to go get it. Didn't take it for a test drive. Had not seen it in personal. I think maybe just went and looked at it. And it was across town. I mean, mm-hmm. forty good 40-minute drive from the house. And he went to go pick it up. And I'm like, sure, I'll take you. You know, we'll go there. It looks like a pretty nice car. It's cool. So I brought him there. We're driving home, and I think it's on 74. It was out in Harrison. We're on 74, and all I can smell is coolant coming out of the tailpipe. It's rolling white smoke the whole drive. And finally, we get to the gas station because he's going to fill it up. He's already filled out the paperwork. He's already bought the thing. We get back to the gas station like a minute from the house. And I look at him, and I start laughing. And he's like, what? I said, did you drive this before you you bought it? He said, no, I didn't drive it. So I pop open the hood. You can see the coolant rolling out of the radiator because it's been overheating. The head gasket's completely blown. It's shooting coolant out the back. Luckily, they put a head gasket on it for him (laughs) at the dealership. There was a little warranty on it. As is no warranty. It that's what I right there him. on the window. I looked at him and said, don't ever buy a car without driving the vehicle. And that oh was just goodness. one little tip. Even if you don't know what you're doing, yeah. you know, just now, if drive it's a brand car. new car, obviously, but this is obviously strictly for, for, yeah, used this car is, you know, a, a cheap, you know, two, $3,000 car yeah. that, but still, I mean, I, I, you know, even my, my pride and joy, my $800 camera, I wouldn't want to throw that thing down the drain. It gets me to work every yeah. day. That's what I love. My Fusion's probably one of the nicest cars I've actually ever owned. Most of them have been little quote unquote race cars that I've put in exhaust <laughs> and, you know, stupid little things. I made a lot of mistakes too when I was a kid. I mean, I, you know, blew all my money that I made, you know, pretty much every dime I made went straight to cars and I wanted this and that, you know, so I had to have an FRS, had to have a Miata, had to have a Mazda Speed, this and that. What, and what is it? I remember the, uh, I wish I could have all that money back. Yeah, <laughs> me too. You and me both. So I'm trying to, 
you know, course correct. Do you remember that, uh, what was it, a Honda Odyssey that I looked at? It was like a 2016, I want to say, and I did a used vehicle inspection. It had maybe 20,000, 30,000 miles on it, and it looked really nice. It was a navy blue one. I don't know if you remember. Was that the uh, one with the misfires? No, this okay. was. It may, it might have been the same one. I can't remember. Anyways, this car from about 30 to 40 feet looked perfect. You were like, oh, the paint is immaculate. There's mm. no chips on it. The wheels, tires, everything was great. Once you looked at it at the right angle, all, I think, three sides of the vehicle had been repaired with bodywork, and it was bodywork that was not done very well whatsoever. You could oh, see man. waves. All the paint colors were different. Every single panel on the car Finally, I go to the back of it and going, okay, maybe the rear is the only part that's okay. No, the whole rear end looked like it had been smashed in and they've pulled the frame back. And this was another <laughs> one of those that you guys were like, yeah, you got a great deal on it. Super low mileage. I bet it's going to be really nice. And I, before I've even opened the hood up, I'm looking on the side of it going, this is going to be like a work van that he really doesn't care how it looks. Sure, this is going to be great. But like every panel on this car has been tinkered with and the paint job looks terrible. When oh, you actually man. look at it. Yeah, it is what it is. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. However, if you better educate yourself, you can win more often. Yeah, that's the truth. And, you know, that's why I always recommend getting these, even a second opinion, because, you know, there's some things that I look at on these cars that I'll ask the guys at the shop, you know, hey, I've never seen this before. This looks odd. This looks off. They look at me and go, yeah, this is super common, you know, not super common, but it happens all the time with these cars that sit a bunch. And then, you know, they show me something I get to learn and we get to, you know, let the customer that know as well. So even myself, while doing a used vehicle inspection, I like to ask for another opinion on, you know, certain little oh, yeah, things. Yeah, separate set, uh, another set of eyes always gets, it's like me when I'm looking for keys, I always get key blindness and car blindness. I'll oh, walk yeah, outside yeah. and I'm looking for a car and I'll overlook it six times and you'll be like, Wes, it's, it's right there. <laughs> it happens when you're when you're it doing it so to the much. best of us like i i can get in a car and be comfortable in a car within you know 30 seconds check all the mirrors everything lights i know where all the switches are hopping and go mm -hmm. and some of my friends i've driven their cars before and they're just in awe that the fact that i can just hop right in their car and, <laughs> and know drive how to work it without everything. even asking how to turn on the radio <laughs> yeah well and, you know, <laughs> i've worked on quite a few cars yeah maybe too many that's kind of how I feel now. <laughs> but anyways, you know, make sure you, you do your research on, on a used vehicle. Make sure you're, you're making a smart investment for it. Um, and, you know, overall, I just love when people buy new cars and want to maintain them and, and know what's going on with them. You know, that's, that's part of the reason why we do this is we like to educate people. Um, we like to make sure that they're getting their money's worth out of it and, you know, save them from any later headaches down the road. Yeah, just I guess the our little way of trying to provide a little bit of value to all of you guys. So thanks so much for listening to the car tech garage. It's been a lot of fun. Max and I are out of time here. We'll see you next time around. This podcast has been brought to you by Almer's auto care in Cincinnati, Ohio, providing service beyond compare since 1936.